your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Colorado Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And I remember signing off on the show on Friday saying if anything were to happen with the Avalanche over the weekend, obviously we would be talking about it on Monday. And a lot happened with the Avalanche over the weekend. So we will discuss everything, the trades, these two-game series against the Ducks, and what to look forward to for this week with another slate of games that the Avalanche are, are, will be taking part in. And again, all important games. So a lot to get to in Colorado Avalanche world. First things first, though, let's follow the show on social media outlets. Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. Send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, any thoughts that you have to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So we'll go over the series against the Ducks a little bit later. I think everybody wants to hear and talk about the deals that the Avalanche made over the weekend. One bringing in Patrick Nemeth or returning Patrick Nemeth. And Devin Dubnik, I think, is the one that most people are discussing. And uh, the Nemeth one, I think it's a, a good deal. Um, you know, you bring him back. He's familiar with the system. He's familiar with the players. He's familiar with the atmosphere. And he is a excellent special teams defender. And not that the Avalanche needed help there because... Stat-wise, well, I shouldn't say that, that they didn't need help there. Stat-wise, uh, I don't know how, how far they dropped after that horrible game against Minnesota when they let up four out of five, I think it was, four out of five uh, penalties or power plays. They obviously probably dropped a little bit, but all year long they've been, they were number one for a while, then they had a bad game and dropped to like number four or five, and then they worked their way back up to number two. And like I said, because of that Minnesota game, they probably dropped a little bit. But they've been consistently in the top five. But like a lot of things with the Avalanche, things are different recently. You know, this season can be taxing on you. So I think the the penalty kill unit has been taxed. So I think they brought in him for a number of reasons. And that's definitely one of them to help on the penalty kill. Um. I like it. I think I think it's a, a solid move. It's nothing that's going to, you know, it's that's not a deal where they were like, oh, they brought in Patrick Nemeth, so you know now the Avalanche are set. No, it it adds to their depth, and you know that's always something good. And he's a veteran player, and it's it's a good solid move. And Saturday morning. We got the notice that the Avalanche trade for Devin Dubnik. And that's the one that turned heads for a number of reasons. First off, because he has a long history with the Avalanche. And fans of the Colorado Avalanche are not too fond of Devin Dubnik. They've kind of given him 
the runaround for quite some time, myself included. And I, I think, I think fans need to realize and understand that moves are not going to be made or are going to be made regardless of personal opinion on a player. And Joe Sackick made a move a couple weeks ago for Jonas Johansson. And a lot of people thought that is good for the short term, but the Avalanche probably need more. And this and Joe Sackick just proved that he was not done with Jonas Johansson. And this came after Johansson got his first career shutout in the, in the first game against Anaheim. So I don't think it it's anything that Johansson did wrong. I think this move was going to be made no matter how Johansson's been playing. And I think it was going to be made no matter what because look what happened to the Avalanche last season. They were down to their third goalie in the playoffs and a lot of them really think if they had a goalie who was their third string that maybe and not you know I don't want to like knock Michael Hutchinson or anything like that but he hadn't been with the team for too long I don't think he was you know he's not a guy you can get behind to make a a long playoff run like the Avs could have done last year and I think a lot of them really felt like if we had Grubauer or Francois, things would have been different. So because of that, I think Joe Sackick was thinking, I, I acquired a goalie, a goalie I think can perform well in Johansson. But because things went the way they went last year, I can't stop there. We need to not only get a backup, but we need to really solidify the goalie situation from top to bottom. And everybody wants to say, well, if Grubauer goes down, you can't play that game. You can't make acquisitions with if this guy gets hurt. You have to make acquisitions for the betterment of the team, assuming that nobody is going to get hurt. You have to do the opposite. But regardless of that, the Avalanche want to go into the playoffs with three goalies that they feel that they can put in there no matter the circumstance. I don't think Johansson is going to be one of those guys that they're going to play in the playoffs uh, just to cycle him in and get him a game in the playoffs. It's going to be the Grubauer and Dubnik 1-1A, whatever you want to call it. But the way that Johansson's been playing... He's improved pretty much every single game since he's been there. So I I think they got the Johansson deal with the assumption he is he was going to be part of this going forward for this season and not just a stopgap till we get another backup, maybe one that's a little bit more polished than he is, uh, more veteran presence, and then we'll move him down to the I don't think that's I think this was the plan all along get a guy that we can get for that's young that maybe needs a little bit of development but that they see something in and then also get the backup 
who has a veteran presence and has been in the playoffs and knows what to expect. I think the Avalanche checked off all the boxes that they had going into acquiring goaltenders. And I think it's, uh, you know, Johansson's looking, he, he looks a ton better than when they first got him. And I said it at the time, like he got it. You have to give the guy some period of adjustment. Someone that young who gets traded, that's that's a big deal. That's that's not just like, oh, I can just go move and go play for another team across the country and everything will be fine. Like it does take time. It does take getting used to the atmosphere. And it seems like he's doing that. So I, I think the Avalanche acquiring two goalies is a direct result of what happened to them last year when they were down to their third goalie. Now, and I know I just said you can't play the what-if game, uh, and I won't do that, but I'll just say it this way. The Avalanche, with the way Johansson's been playing, the Avalanche have three goalies that they feel pretty confident and comfortable in heading into the playoffs. So uh, I think it's another uh, a good, good moves by Joe Sackick. Now, this also begs the question, they gave up more draft picks. So after the break here, we'll talk about what that means for the Avalanche going forward and heading into this draft. So before we do that, we're going to hear from Built Bar, and we talk about Built Bar quite often on this show. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious-er with 18 amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, just to name a few. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for the keto diet. Most bars contain 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, or excuse me, use the promo code locked15, and you will get 15% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So on the Thursday episode, well, before the Thursday episode, again, we were uh, doing the locker room show, which was a fantastic locker room show. If you haven't downloaded that app, uh, if you own an Apple device, please download it. Uh, We had a lot of people show up. I just included everybody in the call and it was just one big like round table discussion with everybody. It was a ton of fun. And one of the questions that we brought up was, and I brought it up in the past about the Avalanche don't have a lot to work with when it comes to trading as far as picks. Well, I should say they, they had draft picks, but they were dwindling down. And would they really want to give up any more draft picks? And the discussion was had, and I think Kyle brought it up first saying, you know, do the Avalanche really need to go into a draft with all their draft picks that they've had in excess of picks in the last few rounds, and now they can play around with them. And the question was, would Joe Sackick want to do that? Would he want to keep giving up draft picks? 
uh, knowing that in the past couple of drafts, they've had more than they usually have for a, a typical draft. Um, or would he, you know, not really want to give up any more than he's already given up, which was a lot. And clearly the answer to that is yes. So for the Nemeth uh, trade, he gave up a fourth round for next year's draft. And then for the Dubnik trade, he gave up a fifth rounder in this year's draft. So now as it stands, the Avalanche have a first rounder, a third rounder, and a seventh rounder, and that's it. And that's not to say trades can't be made, but typically when you're trading on draft day, you're switching around picks. So I think the Avalanche are just going to suck it up this year and just go into this draft and say, we have a first, a third, and a seventh. And, you know, at least we have that first rounder, uh, you know, a third rounder. The Avs have done well in the third round the past couple years. Jean-Luc Foudy from last year, and if you're watching the Colorado Eagles games, looks great. And Sampo Randa has just gotten there as well. And a lot of people are thinking of him as the steal of the entire draft for his draft class. So I think the Avalanche are, are still happy having only three draft picks in this coming draft. And again, it's not to say moves can't be made, but they have, uh, you know, the roster as it is right now is fine. And they have a, a ton of prospects because of the moves Sackick has done in the past. Now, uh, a lot was going around about Nick Felino, and I think it was right before puck drop. Uh, or shortly thereafter, and I think it was a little bit before puck drop for uh, yesterday's game, it was announced that he uh, is on his way to Toronto, and a first-rounder was given up for him. Rumors were the Avalanche were involved with that, and I don't know. I don't know if it was the Avalanche balked at the asking price. They did get a third team involved, so there's um, there's a lot of moving parts to that deal. Uh, but I, I wonder of how much of it was uh, they were not willing to give up a first rounder, at least for this year. I think if maybe the Avalanche are going to give up a first rounder, you might think it's for next year, just because you know if you give up a, thir- a first rounder in this year's draft, you might as well just trade the other two away and take the whole day off. Um, but are the Avalanche done? You know, you still have today to make some moves. So depending on what the asking price is, depending on what they, uh, who they need, and you know, maybe if you can convince a team to take some draft picks in, in the following years, maybe the Avalanche aren't done. But if they are, which I think they very well could be, because you've addressed, you've really addressed the, the, the outstanding needs of the team. You've addressed the goalie situation twice and the the defense you know i think that was a a good move it was a if they didn't make that move would i be sitting here saying like why didn't the avalanche address you know a, a second or third pairing and someone that can shore up the the penalty kill i don't think i would be sitting here saying that because they're they're the defense this year has been fantastic but that is a depth move, and I think that's more of what you will get with the Avalanche if they make a deal on deadline day will just be depth moves. I don't think you're going to get 
the big the big splash move number one because Joe, we, we know Joe Sackick doesn't like to do that and people they just don't have the capital to do it unless you are trading players unless you're going to throw players in there and let's have a conversation with uh, someone uh, that I have conversations with through Twitter um, and he brought up a good point about you know a guy that you're not going to freeze for the Seattle draft so that's somebody that you could trade yeah, you could technically do that, but you know, then that kind of throws off your uh, kind of like your your charts, I guess, for who you're going to freeze and who you're not going to freeze. If the Avalanche even care about that stuff right now, I don't think they really do. I think they want to get through this season, win a Stanley Cup, and then deal with the expansion draft and the NHL draft. But we need to get ready for the Avalanche not being really relevant for this year's draft and a lot of people you know with the football draft you know they've done a good really good job of like you know commercializing that and making that thing an event and for hockey fans the the draft is an event and i think we need to really come to the understanding that if you're an avalanche fan this draft is going to be relatively boring you'll watch the first round just to see who the first rounder is because you know that's a title and then after that, maybe you'll just check at the end of the day. Did they make any moves? Did they pick anybody up? But the excitement is now. And that's how the Avalanche are viewing this as, you know, we're in we're in this thing to win it. They are the first team to hit the 60-point mark for the season. Um, so they are thinking of it as, you know, the time is now. The time is right now. So all of our excitement, all of our moves are going to be made in the here and now and then the draft, we'll get a couple guys, stockpile them, and and then move on. So get excited now. Don't worry about the draft because that won't be too exciting. And hopefully we can be, on, come draft time, uh, we can say like, well, we might not have many picks, but we have what everybody in this draft wants, and that is a Stanley Cup. So it's... Uh, that's the goal. That's the goal. And I think, you know, the moves that the Avalanche are making um, really solidify that they are, they're obviously all in for a championship this year, but they weren't just going to sit back and say like, even though our team is, is doing well and, you know, probably the top team in the league, arguably, um, you know, there's still a couple things that we want to button up. And I think the Avalanche have done that. So uh, what does this week's schedule look like? We are going to dive into that right after we hear from BetOnline and BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, football is over. March Madness is over. But you have NBA. You have the NHL. You have Major League Baseball. And if you want, you can even bet on award shows, television shows, or reality TV. Real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile mobile device, there we go, to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the Avalanche win both games against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and not only do they win them, 
they win them with Jonas Johansson in goal for both of them. And, you know, talked about him a little bit in the beginning, but his first career shutout on Friday, a two to nothing victory, and then a four to one victory on Sunday. So a lot of people were surprised he played uh, both games. You know, typically if you, your backup, if they have a day off, well, the way I should say the way this season has been going, uh, you know, when Grubauer gets a day off, he's usually right back into the next game. But because the Avs are playing a back-to-back, I got to believe the thinking was he played well against them on Friday. Uh, let's give Grubauer another day off. So that, you know, and, and because he played so well against them, play him again. And he put up another good performance. So now Grubauer has four or had four days off. And because you're playing a back-to-back, he's going to be playing one of those games anyway. Uh, and, you know, between the Ducks and the Coyotes, who the Avalanche are playing on Monday, I think the Avs felt like, you know, the Coyotes are the obviously better of the two teams. Uh, so let's put him in against Arizona. And then a day off. So this is what it looks like for the Avalanche this this week. Arizona on Monday, day off Tuesday. The Blues on Wednesday, uh, day off Thursday, the Kings on Friday, and then the Kings wraps around to uh, Sunday as well. So one game series between Arizona and St. Louis, and then a two game series against LA. So and it's good because you haven't seen St. Louis in a while, and you haven't seen the Kings in a while. So and you're going to see them this week and next week because after the one game series against St. Louis and then the two games against LA. Uh, next week is a three-game series against St. Louis. And even though you are up on them a lot, they are going to be gunning for you, not just because they feel like they can catch you in the standings. I mean, if they were to pick up all six points, Avs would be still comfortably ahead, but that could be a matchup for St. Louis uh, and the Avalanche. That could be the one-versus-four matchup, and St. Louis wants – they can – look back and say, hey, we played them well in that three-game series towards the end of the year, no less. So uh, that'll be a big series, but that's for, for next week. You do get them once this week on, what did I say, Wednesday? Yeah, and that's a nationally televised game as well. So, But the Avalanche, those two games against Anaheim, they they, play, they played well. The, the Friday game was a very weird game just – it just seemed to, that the Avalanche were a little bit slow. Well, both teams were just a little bit on the slow end. Um, but Colorado came out two to nothing in that one. Just nothing really. After you got done watching that game, you were just like, okay, <laughs> two to nothing. I'll take it. And then the four to one game on Sunday was a little bit more Avalanche style. Uh, passing was fantastic. Um, they let's see let's bring up some stats here how about ryan graves ryan graves getting his first goal of the season and uh you know i think luck was on his side because i think it ping-ponged off of two or three players uh it might have been three at least two of them were duck players but he got his first of the year so congratulations ryan graves you'll probably be hearing of him for the three stars of last week which we'll get to mm, tomorrow maybe um but, you know, the, the the lines were shifted up a little bit. Brandon Saad was moved down to the third line. Val Nechuskin was moved up to the second line. Um, I want to say JT Comfer was moved down to the fourth line. Uh, but but 
I Jared Benner moved some stuff around and it seemed to have work, at least for the the second line. Uh Burkowski is the one that started off the scoring. So um I and again, I don't think that's a punishment for anybody. I think it's just let's try a uh, different dynamic and see what happened. And it did seem to work. And even when the ducks pulled to within two to one, again, it was one of those things where you just feel like the avalanche are still in control of this thing. They're getting good goaltending. Um, and then after they did pull it to two to one, which was on a, a Jamie Drysdale goal, which by the way, he looks really good. Um, the Ducks have a really good player in Drysdale, which is not a surprise, but uh, it's the first time we really got to watch him play. He looks excellent. Uh, he's the real deal. But it was he scored, and then maybe a minute and a half later is when Ryan Graves got his his goal. So the, that's what the Avalanche have been doing all year. They have a lead. Uh, they give up a goal that gives the opponent a little bit of life, and shortly thereafter they get the goal back. How many times has that happened this year for the Avalanche, and how demoralizing is that for the opponent? You, especially for Anaheim, you pull it within two to one. You're playing your heart out, and then Ryan Graves gets his first of the year, and then McKinnon gets another one uh, a little bit later, who's just been in an absolute tear lately. Um, just took him a little while to really light the fire, uh, not, and not that he wasn't scoring in the beginning. He's been scoring all season long, but now he's just doing it at will. It seems like. Uh, but overall, it was a good two-game series, and it, it, that, that's a game that, or those are two games that the Avalanche should win. Let's face it: the Avalanche are one of the best teams in the league, and the Ducks are one of the worst teams in the league. So you should be winning those games, and you should be winning them pretty convincingly. Um, and I think the Avalanche did that; they took care of business. That's what good teams do. They don't let those teams hang around too long. Um, and you could say that maybe the Avalanche, maybe that's the one thing that they did, but they always, they always just felt like they had both games in hand. Um, and they got, you know, four points out of it. So Arizona is going to be coming after them on Monday night. I know I don't, I hope that the Avalanche are not looking ahead to Wednesday because the, the blues after their, you know, terrible month. Um, are starting to play a little bit better. I think they've won three in a row. Let me bring up their um, their streak here. Uh, yeah, they've won three in a row while Arizona has lost three in a row. So Arizona was in control of that fourth spot and a, a little win streak by the Blues and a little losing streak by Coyotes has flipped them. So the Coyotes are the outside looking in by one point. And even St. Louis has a game in hand against Arizona. So Arizona is going to be coming out fighting tomorrow. And, you know, this is a team that the Avalanche handle pretty easily. But they need to know that not only, you know, because they're the number one team, teams are going to be coming after them anyway. Double that with Arizona, who is one game out uh, by their own volition, by a three-game losing streak. They only have themselves to blame, but that's going to make them... Uh, really, really hungry. So the Avs need to be ready. They need to come out um, skating hard, and uh, I, I have every belief that they would do that. Again, uh, maybe another reason why they might do that is because the game is back in Denver, and I don't think they're used to having fans back in the arena yet. So um, that's 
you know, now the home, home ice really means something now because now you have the fans back in there. And I think the Avs want to give any fan that shows up a really good show. So maybe we'll get another hat trick within uh, seven minutes. That would be nice. So another week of shows, everybody. Uh, Avs are in a really, really good spot. We will see if they do make any more moves on the draft deadline day. It's possible they make something small, but um, the big move I wouldn't expect. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Sackick pulls the trigger on something big. I just don't know what it would be, and I don't know who it would involve. But you never know. So if it happens, we will definitely be talking about it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every day. It is always appreciated. And we will see everybody tomorrow. Stay safe. Here's Trophy. Go, Abs, go.